take two of recording the same podcast. <laughs> I just recorded this podcast this morning and I didn't do a sound check. So here I am again, re-recording the same podcast and here I am <laughs> because I made a commitment to myself, which brings me straight into the podcast. Welcome back to the Donna Give show. I know I have been gone for quite a bit now at this point and I apologize. There have been so many times I have came back to the content game and then fallen off. And that's because I can't seem to be committed to it. And it's not because I don't love it. I think it's because I'm somewhat scared of it because I have gone so far down this road to the point where I am backed in a corner. I don't have other options, really. I mean, I could find and make other options, right? But why would I do that? I've been five years self-employed at this point, and it would be very difficult for me to go back. And if I went back, it would be not for passionate reasons. It would be to secure myself and to have that safety. And I don't know about you guys, but I personally would rather die and try again than be in a career that I absolutely fucking hate or lay on my deathbed saying, I never did chase that dream. That's just me personally. And uh, call it a personality trait or call it a realization, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is. So let's dive in. I've been gone. Why? Why have I been gone? Well, if you guys have kept up with me, then you know that I went through a very tough financial situation the past couple of months since the beginning of January. And just recently, here in July, well, it's not July anymore, it's September, um, I have finally found my way kind of out of the financial stress. And I'm here to share with you the story of how I went from completely broke, multiple months of negative bank accounts, wondering how we're going to make the bills paid, how I'm going to get food on the table, um, being very selective at the grocery store and just, you know, making it, <laughs> um, to living at one of the most, what I believe is the most luxurious and opulent apartments in Arizona. And six months actually doesn't seem like a long time. If you really think about it, six months is for some people, you might think, wow, you went from broke to, you know, th this beautiful place in six months. It's pretty good for me. Now that I look at it in a retrospect, yeah, six months isn't that long, but when you're in it and you're in that dark, deep place, you are in it and it feels like an eternity. And so I'm here to share with you that story, the way that I got my mental back on track because I was gone for a minute. I was in a deep depression for a minute and it was very, very difficult to find my way out. So I wanted to share with you that story in the hopes that maybe you'll pull something from this story to encourage you to keep going, to dream, to take risks and believe that everything's going to work out the way 
it's supposed to. And if you apply the right actions, that your life could completely transform. I truly believe that. And it all starts with the mind and your habits, which is what I'm going to dive into first. If you have been following my Instagram or my TikTok, um, this entire week, I have gone live every day from Monday to Friday is going to be my new commitment. I will be going live 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time to read a book to you guys. And the I choose a topic of the month and the topic of the month is habits. And it will probably be the topic of this month and maybe next month because if you really think about it, habits are super crucial to how your life is going to turn out. Now, why have I been studying habits? It is because when I found myself in that financial situation, it didn't make sense to me at first, right? I was like, why did I end up here? How did I end up here? Because a year or so ago, I was killing it in real estate. I was making over six figures. Um, and to what it seemed or from what it felt like, I was living a good life. And then I, you know, made the switch to content creation full time. And uh, I kind of just took a leap of faith. And yes, I'm grateful. I got two years out of that, um, that run where I wasn't super extremely stressed out about financial things, but eventually the money ran out. And I, you know, really had to take a look at myself and think, how did I get here? And it really boiled down to my habits, right? Yes, I said I was all in on content creation, but there was so many things that I wasn't doing on the daily basis to actually achieve the results that I wanted. And not only that, I there was a lot of mental mind habits that I was completely unaware of that were actually hurting me. So I had been good with the physical habits, right? I go to the gym every day. I I take care of my body. I eat pretty healthy. All of the physical habits, I thought, you know, I had them in tune. But what I was very unaware of was the negative habits that I kept in my mind. And I'm a pretty positive person. I mean, overall, I'm a very positive person. But there was some very negative habitual things I would do whenever I was triggered. And it's really hard to recognize, you know, if you're not paying attention to your own thoughts. So although I felt like I had a lot of the core habits pretty intact, um, like doing yoga in the morning, journaling, working out every day, physical habits, being in a good space, all of that, the mind habits was something I needed to work on. And also the habits that uh, were supposed to or, you know, meant to bring me to better results when it comes to the business and career I am choosing. I also realized I had a lot of coping mechanism habits, right? Um, Smoking. God, I smoked for two, no, maybe a full year, the last year. A full year, every night I smoked and I smoked weed. So for those of you who are wondering, (laughs) yeah, I smoked weed every night. And although I have nothing against weed, right? There's nothing against weed. I actually still enjoy it every once in a while. 
but the, I was smoking to escape. And I think we really have to be clear or, or aware of the intention behind why we do these coping mechanisms. So if you're doing, if you're smoking or drinking because, you know, you want to let loose and have some fun, like, you know, go ahead, do that. It's good to do that. But if you're doing it every night to escape your current reality, there's a lot deeper things that need to be resolved and you smoking or drinking really is just putting a band-aid on all of it. It's masking the, the true feelings that you feel and or should feel and putting a band-aid on it and it doesn't actually heal it. And when you stop doing these things, you really feel it differently. And when you feel pain, typically, that's an indicator that, okay, this is an area that needs to be healed, even a physical um, scar or wound, you know, if you're feeling pain in it, that's because it's an open scar wound, it needs to be healed. And same thing with thought processes and, and our hearts and all of that. So I was doing that. And then I had other self-sabotaging behaviors like procrastinating. I would literally clean everything in the house. I would obsess with every little detail in the house before I actually got to the tasks that were purpose-driven. Like, for example, I am a content creator. And so part of me creating content has to do with me editing videos. And before I would edit a video, I would literally clean the entire house, super scrub the toilets, like every little detail needed to be perfect before I could get into editing and get into work. And I realized it was because I was procrastinating, kind of self-sabotaging and saying, you know, creating these excuses in my head saying the reason why I couldn't, you know, finish this video was because I, you know, I had so much to do around the house. And it's kind of, if you think about it, it's really a cop out. Maybe that's why they call it coping. It's like a cop out, cope, cop, cop. <laughs> but it really is. It's a cop out. You are scared. You're scared. That's why we procrastinate sometimes, right? You're like, if I get to say that I was so busy taking care of things around the house and I fail at creating content or whatever dream it is that you want, then, then I, then I give myself an excuse as to why I failed and everybody's going to understand, right? But the thing is, who the fuck are you doing that for? You're only hurting yourself if you choose to procrastinate and put your dreams on the back burner. And when you lie to people about why you couldn't deliver certain things, that's again, hurting yourself. So we need to be really, really honest with ourselves. What are our coping mechanisms? So a quick recap, and if you guys have seen my past video, then you kind of have an idea um, about where I was six months ago. I, I had some really issues, some really issues, <laughs> some strong financial struggles. And really, you know, financial burdens are so different when you're an adult, when you're younger and stuff and you're broke, like you're a broke college kid, whatever, you'll figure it out. You usually can even get a scholarship and you figure it out. That's what I did. But when you're an adult, like a full-blown adult, I'm 32, by the way, if you're wondering, um, there's really no one to take responsibility for your brokenness except for you. Like, bitch, you broke because of you. <laughs> you did this. So 
you know, I ended up in this really tough financial position. And the reason why we ended up in this tough financial position um, is because Dylan and I, so Dylan is my partner, if you didn't know this already, Dylan and I, um, we didn't hustle while we waited. So we had a lot of things kind of brewing in the background for us, a lot of promise, a lot of expectations for his business. And, you know, we thought things were going to pan out a certain way. And so we literally gave our hands, we gave our power away to a leap of faith. And although, you know, it is, it's okay to do that, you still need to hustle while you wait. Because a lot of the times, these things, these expectations that we have, they do take a lot longer than we expect them to. It's not like a one hit wonder. I mean, sometimes people get lucky, don't get me wrong. But for the people who don't get lucky, which is a majority of people, you actually have to work to get those dreams, to get those accomplishments and those results that you want. Anything easy, anything that comes easy, I'd pay a little caution to. I'd heed some caution. So anyways, we didn't hustle while we waited um, and things didn't pan out perfectly. So, but that's, you know, entrepreneurship in a nutshell, right? So what I was doing is during that time, some of the bad habits, right? Well, the good habits I was doing first, let's cover that. I, I was doing great physical habits and putting a lot of effort into my craft. But the bad habits is, I was putting effort into my craft in the wrong places. So there was still a lack of clarity in what I wanted to accomplish. And so I kept putting my energy into buckets that were irrelevant to the results. And so I think it's really important to have some clarity around what it is that you want to do before you just sit around and wait for things to pan out because you got to have a game plan, you know? Uh, not only that, my spending habits, I was really not paying attention to that because I was, uh, you know, I was pretty comfortable for a while there and I just kind of developed the spending habits, relying on others to come save me. That was another really bad habit I did. I had, I, the reason why I say that is because, so Dylan and I, we had a moment a long time ago where we talked about masculine and feminine energy. And I came to a realization that I was a very masculine woman, right? It was very hard for me to let, uh, let go of certain things. I always needed to be in control. I had a lot of trust issues with men and that just comes from all of my background and programming and all of that and just having horrible experiences with men. And so Dylan and I, sat down one day, we were out in Mexico actually, and um, had a talk about masculine and feminine energy. And we agreed that I should be able to rest in my feminine. And so the agreement was Dylan was going to take over the provider role. And I was to step back from making money and to focus on my dreams and my career and my craft, my creativity my content creation. And so things kind of happened and I obviously take full responsibility for my part in all of it where um, I think the agreement that we made for each other 
was a little premature, right? Dylan was still kind of figuring himself out in his entrepreneurship journey and probably shouldn't have, you know, took on the provider role too soon, right? He wants that. He wants to do that. And I, I can see his grind for it. But sometimes, you know, we have to be a little bit realistic as to what can actually transpire. And me, you know, being excited to just be able to step back and be like, oh, okay, you, you really want to take the provider role. I took it. <laughs> and so I kind of sat around and, and, you know, I worked on my craft and everything and I was fully focused in on it. But the problem was, is I was waiting for somebody to save me. And there's a whole bunch of other things that kind of happened throughout those past six months where it was like, you know, I did try to have the conversation with Dylan about getting a job, but he really, really didn't want me to. And I'm sure there's like some ego things and stuff that we had to work through. Um, But I am happy the way that everything turned out the way that it did, because it ultimately all got me here. So my experience during all this process, I really went for broke. (laughs) You know, the term going for broke, I took that term and I ran with it. And that was me. I embodied going for broke. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have, right? It was fucking ah, really, really troublesome. So yeah, I went into the furnace. (laughs) I was cooked up a little bit and I stayed there when you were supposed to leave. Like I should have left that furnace a long time ago, but I I went into the furnace and I waited. (laughs) That was a really, a really bad habit of mine that I had established during those six months. So, you know, (laughs) that was a big mistake, mistake number 345. I don't fucking know. Just a big mistake. (laughs) So let me tell you about the pivot point that really caused the true shift that I can, that I can actually say, at least from my perspective, is what changed me. So there was a, a night where I was on my way to go pick up Dylan because we were sharing a car at this point and he was hanging out with the boys and, um, I go, I text him like, Hey babe, I'm on my way to pick you up. And I head over there. I mean, he texts me back. He's like, I don't know actually if he texts me back. I can't remember the full details of the story, but basically what happened is I showed up to where he was and he wasn't there. And, um, I call him and he didn't pick up initially. And so that frustrated me more. And immediately because of my own trust issues and trauma with men, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is he doing? Who was he actually with? Is he like trying to get away with something? Just my mind went wild. And because we were already in a tough position, it just, it, it, it went way elsewhere. It just, I lost control of it. I couldn't control my thoughts. And so he probably shows up to the spot that I went to pick him up in like five minutes after I called. And turns out he actually was just going down the street to go pick up some food with the guys um, because he wasn't sure when I would be picking him up. And I was agitated already at this point when he's trying to tell me. And so I was a little hard on him. I gave him some attitude right when he got in the car. And because he had been drinking, 
I mean, typically Dylan is very, you know, composed. Uh, he handles these situations pretty well. Um, not that it happens very much anymore, but it definitely did at one point. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> um, so yeah, because he had been drinking, his reaction to that and my attitude was blown out of the water. It was probably the most heightened I had seen him like ever in our relationship. And when I saw him react the way that he did, like he was literally, we were on the freeway. He was literally saying he was going to jump out of the car and like, and without going into too much detail, because obviously I want to respect our relationship and our personal space as well. I, I witnessed this and I had never seen him hurt like that before. And even thinking about it, recalling that moment really fucking hurts because Dylan is a very strong man. I chose a very strong partner. And up until that point, I had not seen him be vulnerable when it came to our financial situation. He was always, you know, very upbeat, very um, positive about the outcome of things and how everything was going to turn out. But that night, and I don't know if it was the alcohol that kind of released it, but that maybe coupled with all of the other extra stresses and then me as the tipping point, the nice cherry on top, I really sent him. And I felt his pain. And from there, I was like, holy fuck. I forget that you're experiencing the same thing that I am with a different perspective, obviously. But I didn't even think to think about how he felt throughout all of this because prior to, you know, I'm a very expressive person. I have cried countless times over, you know, what was going to happen next? What, are we going to be able to pay for the bills? Like figuring shit out. And each time Dylan has been there to support me, but he had never shown this side of vulnerability. He never expressed that he was hurting in the way that I was. And so this night I felt it and I knew that it wasn't just you know, me kind of harping on him. It was, it was deeper than that. It had to do with our finances, had to do with everything. Getting cozy here. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I, I felt his pain. And from that night, that night we, I, I held him. And the next morning I woke up and Oh my God, I'm like recalling the moment. <laughs> um, I woke up and, and I went to the beanbag by myself and, and fucking cried. Like a deeper cry than I had experienced in a long time. And that was the moment I fucking knew. I was like, I need to stop feeling sorry for myself. I need to get out of this. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need to fucking get a hold of this shit or this depression is going to destroy me. It's going to destroy my relationship. I need to get a hold of myself. And so rather than continuing to blame Dylan, which is what I was doing a lot throughout that process, I had to really dive into myself and see 
the areas that I wasn't showing up in and take full responsibility for the part that I played because in every relationship, it is never one-sided, right? It's a co-creation. It is a co-created relationship. And each person has their own perspective on it. And yes, I mean, I'm not talking about domestic violence or anything like that. I'm just talking about, you know, a normal relationship because I, yeah, I, I can't even begin to talk about domestic violence and all of that because I don't, I don't know it. Um, but we, we really do have to take some full responsibility of the parts that we play because we do play a part. I really dove into my own psyche and I was like, what, what am I doing? How can I show up better? How can I make this less of a burden on Dylan? And so we had this conversation before Dylan told me, he said, everything else in the world could be going wrong, but if I come home to you happy, it makes me happy. So focus on making you happy. He told me that. And so at first, you know, with the trust issues and stuff that I had, I was like, oh, like, fuck off. (laughs) Like, you don't actually want me to be happy. Like, that's really all you want me to do. You want me to float around and be a fucking happy fairy. That's that was my initial thought. (laughs) Um, But that night or that morning, I was like, "Okay, Dylan, I'm going to take you up on that. You said that me being happy will make you happy. So I'm going to focus on making me happy. And so it really was a pivot point. I chose to be happy. I chose to be very particular with what I was going to do from then on. That was the pivotal point that, that really caused me to make the decision. And I feel like we actually have a lot of these moments in our lives, right? Where we're, we kind of, go we come across a crossroads we can choose we always can choose how we see life the choices we make do we choose to you know see a negative situation and pull out the positive and come out on the other side or do we choose to stay there and choose to be sad and I chose the other side I chose the harder way as others would believe it to be. And I think it is, right? Because you can you can get addicted to stress and sadness. And that's the easy part. You can actually just stay there and keep being sad. And eventually you just become a sad individual. <laughs> I'm kidding, but kind of not. Um, but yeah, I chose the opposite. I was like, I need to get out of this space. I need to stop being depressed and I need to get happy again. And so I started taking action. And part of what I did to take myself out of the dark place is I started listening to um, Kevin Trudeau. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but Your Wishes, Your Command is an amazing audio series on, I believe it's on Spotify right now. And I started reading more self-help books again. Uh, I started filling my mind with affirmations. I would look up on YouTube every morning, um, I am affirmations. And then I would listen to the same playlist every morning. 
I chose a voice that was very pleasant to listen to. And I, I listened to it while I got ready in the morning. I listened to it while I did yoga and I made it a fucking routine. Now, do I recommend that everybody does this? I mean, sometimes it's not possible. I had the time. So I dedicated about, I'd say an hour and a half, maybe even to close to two hours of doing this every morning. Um, so I, I, I realize I'm fortunate in that being able to do that, but you know, for things that are important to us, we will make the time. And so I time blocked, I put it on my calendar. I'm like, this time is dedicated for me and I will, you know, listen to Kevin Trudeau and I'm going to read my books and I'm going to listen to my affirmations. And that's step one. The next step I did was I worked on changing my habits. I began to choose very intentionally where my energy was going. I stopped hanging out with people that didn't necessarily fit my vision anymore. I had to really be selective because we are human, right? We cannot possibly have unlimited amounts of energy. We have to go to sleep. We have to eat. We have to pause. We have to recoup. And we have to understand that our energy is limited. And so our lives on the grand scheme of things is actually quite short. That's why they say life is short. That's why there's a quote about it. Because if we spend all of our time on things that really don't matter for the ultimate vision that we see for ourselves, we are fucking wasting it. We're fucking wasting it. So that, then I had to learn how to stop blaming Dylan for the outcome and, and begin to take full radical responsibility of my part that I played in all of this. That was some deeper shit because there was some darker stuff that I had to work through. And then ultimately I chose to sell my house to put us in a better position and eventually things panned out. But I wanted to tell you more of the story of how the details of how things panned out. So basically after that, that pivotal point of where I saw Dylan being extremely vulnerable and I, I've seen, I saw his first full breakdown from the experience that we were having. Uh, after I made that decision and really started taking action to fix my mind, to really get my mind in check, things started happening around me that was very divine. And they say this, the law of attraction is very real, right? When you put that energy out there, you magnetically will attract that same type of energy. And I let it be fucking known to God, the universe, whatever you believe in, the source. I let it be known. I'm like, hey, we're not fucking around anymore. Like, <laughs> I need to get out. I'm getting out. And I started taking action. And so when that started happening, things really did start falling into place. First of all, talk about selling the house was was just talk, pure speculation at this point. Um, Dylan and I had ran across the idea a couple times, but at the time it really didn't sit well with me because I, I got this house by myself 
four years ago and it was my first house and I really had no intention of selling it almost ever. I really wanted to keep it as a residual income property. And so when the, you know, I guess at some point I did kind of see myself selling it if it had to do with, you know, a financial decision, but I never wanted to sell it based off of feeling like I have my back against the corner. And at the moment, because I was in such a, you know, victim mindset, I would blame Dylan for having to sell my house. And so when we talked about it, every time the topic came up about me selling the house, I was like, fuck no, I'm not selling the house for you. (laughs) And that's really just the real rawness of what went on in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, the conversations I would have in my head would get, they can get bad, you know, Um, really pitting me against the partner that I chose. The blame game, such a such a sick game we play. I'm like, well, you know, you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. So now I have to show up and sell the house and blah, 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 blah. I just went on a tangent in my fucking head. And so selling the house at the time didn't make sense. But after all the healing and after all the, you know, the action I had to take to heal my mind, I finally came to a place where I'm like, okay, let's maybe consider it. And then back to the divine timing and blessings, right? There was a night that I got a text from a friend and she was like, hey, I, my boyfriend and I are going out of town and I was wondering if you'd be willing to watch our puppy. Now her puppy is really, really a puppy. And you know, when you're, when they're puppies, you can't take them around other dogs because they could get sick. So she needed me to watch this dog and stay at their place uh, while they went away. And at the time I'm like, that actually sounds like a mini staycation. And maybe that's exactly what Dylan and I needed. So I present the opportunity to Dylan and obviously he's in. So we (laughs) drop off Callie at a other friend's house so they could watch our dog while we went to go watch their dog. Now (laughs) I I still to this day feel bad about it. I feel like I traded my dog for this other dog for the weekend. (laughs) Do not do this with your partners, ladies and gentlemen. Dogs, it's okay because they don't know any better. (laughs) I felt like energetically really bad. Um, So anyways, we agreed to watch my friend's dog. And lo and behold, they actually live here. (laughs) And I think you can kind of see where this story is going. So basically, we have an amazing weekend here. An amazing weekend. It has a rooftop pool, the best views, cold plunge sauna, just fucking everything. It felt like we were living in a resort for the weekend. It felt like we like got a hotel for the weekend. And after that weekend, Dylan and I, like we were laying in bed one night And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so, you know, behind the scenes, I was doing all the research. How much is the um, apartments cost here? Is it doable if I sold the house? And I was just running all these numbers and crunching everything in my head. And one night I'm laying in bed with Dylan and I'm like, hey, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but 
I really loved when we stayed at that place and I really just need to ease my mind off of it and I want to book a tour. I just want to see, I just want to see what it actually looks like because I was looking at the studio rooms at this point because the studio was like really all that uh, made sense to pay for. And so, yeah, we just booked the tour, went on the tour and turns out they actually had a studio appear that day. It actually just went on market that day. And the lady said that it was the cheapest that she had ever seen one of the studios go for ever. <laughs> and so I'm looking at Dylan. I'm like, uh, damn it. That feels like divine timing. I'm like, let's not, let's not jump the wagon here. I don't think that's the actual term. <laughs> let's not jump the gun here. Let's like go on the tour and see how we feel. So we go on this tour. Beautiful. And yes, the studio is a significant difference from the house, right? I went from a 1200 square foot home to a 600. A bit of a difference. Um, but it felt good. Everything felt good. And I was just getting logical in my head. I'm like, okay, it has a bunch of amenities. We don't have to spend so much time here. And blah, blah, blah. Just, I ran through all the different scenarios. And basically we got down, sat back in the leasing office, right? And we're like, okay, let's just crunch the numbers and see what our monthly would be like. And like really, really maybe even make a decision. And after it all and figuring out the qualifications, we found out that we were, that it was possible. <laughs> because at first, like even when we went to go on this tour, we're like, we probably won't even qualify um, because, you know, you have to make a certain amount of income for qualifying for however much the rent is. And yeah, we really didn't think that it was going to be possible. And so luckily for some, again, divine timing, right? The three months before we actually went on that tour, Dylan and I were super just grinding. We were really starting to get active and hustling while we were waiting, right? We started to move. And so for those three months, they actually were the highest income months that we had in a long time. And uh, luckily enough, the apartments actually only look at the past three months of income to qualify you. And so we look at it and we're like, okay, you're very, we were very close. So at first, uh, when we looked at our income, it was not quite there. We were close, but we still didn't hit the actual mark. And then I had to finagle a couple of things. And so I don't get myself in trouble. I'm not going to go into super detail about it, but basically I'll let you come to your own conclusion. Um, the house was either going to be sold or rented and if it was rented, it could be shown as income added on to, you know, the monthly income that we already show that we're making consistently, right? Like on average. And so we figured it out. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. So you can come to your own conclusion. Um, we had some help and, and basically somehow qualified. Okay. So we sign the application Oh, and another story, the application itself, we didn't even have enough money for the application. <laughs> we didn't apply right then and there. We had to take a break because we were trying to figure out if we even had the application fees. It was $500 to apply and we definitely didn't have it. 
And so we had to go sit out, you know, we went to a friend's house and used their pool for a little bit because we just wanted to sit and think. And we came up with ideas on, you know, how are we going to come up with even just the application fees? And I'm so fortunate because I have friends. <laughs> and typically I never ask for help. I never ask for help, especially when it comes to money, because I never want to owe anybody anything. But this time I was like, okay, I feel like everything is in divine timing. I feel like everything is happening for a reason. This apartment just came on board. Uh, the, just literally everything was kind of falling into place and I felt good energy from all of it. And I just was like, I'm just going to reach out and ask and see. I asked a friend and without even asking me what it was for, she sent me $500 for the application fees. Oh, I am so blessed at this point. I'm like, I can't believe <laughs> that this is my life that I, and I'm so grateful that I have friends that can just, you know, hand that over and without a second thought. Um, and so we went back and we applied and we got it. Now, the only part is we had to put the down payment for everything before we moved in, obviously. And that, I believe, was uh, close to $1,800, just about. And of course, you know, we didn't have any money in the bank. So we're like, how the fuck are we going to do this in a month? <laughs> so we put our heads down and we fucking grinded and we got resourceful as fuck. So... I started preparing to move, right? I sold everything, almost everything. I sold about, I'd say 70% of all the things that were in my house, got rid of everything, uh, put the house on the market. The house went off the market in three days, just one weekend. And it was from a Instagram friend who was also a realtor who uh, ended up, I ended up going under contract with, with her client. And it just, we fucking grinded those couple of months. It took, well, it was one month, right? We had one month to come up with it, all that money. And so, and then Dylan would drive because he was driving Lyft and Uber at the time. And so he was grinding and I, on the weekends, would go and caddy. And we just figured it the fuck out. <laughs> As one would say, we grinded our dicks off. <laughs> so yeah, we, we fucking worked. And... The last day, so we were still a little bit short, right, of hitting the amount that we needed to hit. The last day, we decided to host a yard sale for all the other items that we needed or needed to get rid of or willing to get rid of and for the extra money. And so our friend lets us host the yard sale at his place because uh, the my place that I was at was a little bit kind of sketchy. It would have not been a good idea to host a yard sale there they'll <laughs> it would not have been a good idea to host a yard sale there probably would have got robbed the next day or something if I'm being super honest but um yeah we hosted a yard sale and guess how much fucking money we made <laughs> that day just to make our point or just to make our goal 555 dollars we made exact and if you guys are into angel numbers then you fucking know <laughs> that had God's hands on it. it had God's hands on it and so 
I just took it as another fucking sign. I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, uh, even thinking about it, like I get excited crying tears because how beautiful did everything fall together? (sighs) So yeah, we ultimately we moved in and my house sold a week later and the sale of the house was very, very easy, very minimal hiccups, if any. (laughs) Life has honestly been pretty steady and hopeful ever since. Now, what we have to really, really be careful with is not falling into the same habits that we did before, right? Like, yes, I got this lump sum of money and it is now, it has put us in a comfortable position, but now we have to really, really focus in and we made a commitment. We we set the intention, Dylan and I, before moving in, we said, hey, if we're doing this, this needs to be a space of pure productivity. We are going after our fucking dreams. We are being relentless with it. Our energy needs to shift. We need to shift because we were in a difficult position and we, you know, decided to continue in that relationship. So we needed to work on us and we were just, we were not going to tolerate the ways we were operating before. And so even though, we feel like we can breathe a little bit more with the finances being more secure. The real work is starting now because now with all the lessons that we've learned in the past, we know what will bring us back to that same position and we cannot afford to do that again. So habits, intention, clarity, all super important to what we're doing now. And I'm telling you, just so I can paint the picture for you guys a little bit on how beautiful this place is and how much of a blessing it is. (laughs) We have access to cold plunges, um, saunas. We have a rooftop pool. We have uh, maintenance literally comes the same day that you put in a request. I remember I put in a request one day and literally an hour later he came in to fix it. (laughs) Like they're on it. Everyone's happy here. Um, that I've met at least so far. The energy is great. Anybody I talk to around here, my neighbors, they they love it. It's peaceful. People come here and they're ready to work. Like it's a super opulent setting. We have pickleball, we have basketball, we have an indoor gym. Like it's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. And what a blessing because we fucking earned it. We went through a rough time and to have this is such a fucking blessing. But it didn't, just come to us. We had to move for it. We had to work. We had to take action. And that's super important when it comes to chasing your dreams. Don't just sit there on the sidelines waiting for life to happen for you because it won't. And really, I I know you've heard this before, but no one's going to save you. No one can save you. Because even if someone actually physically saved you financially or whatever it is, you can still very much be a victim in your mind. Humans have a tendency to find what's wrong in situations. And that's okay, right? Because we're, we naturally want to survive as a species and picking out what is wrong in things actually helps us to survive. But the thing is, we have to go from survival to thriving. So we have to reprogram our minds. So... 
Let's do some key takeaways from this story that I just shared, this hour-long story I just fucking shared. Holy shit, sorry. (laughs) So some key takeaways from the lessons. I want you to know that life does get tough. Um, You can't go with the flow all the time because if you go with the flow, you are allowing your life to be created for you rather than taking control of it. And so you need to make the choice to take control of your life take control of your mind, do the things that are actually going to put your head in a more positive space, read books, do things that are going to stimulate you in a positive way. You need to take full responsibility for the way that your life is, right? Yes, life happens, but it's up to you on how you're going to perceive these life lessons. Are you going to let it destroy you or will you let it be a part of your beautiful story? Everybody loves, you know, the underdog coming up to be the hero. So be the hero of your own story. Sometimes you also have to wait to hit rock bottom to actually realize it's time to make some major changes. So we're stubborn, right? We're human. And oftentimes we will have to wait till we hit rock bottom till we learn the lesson. But I encourage you to be wise and stimulate your mind in the right places Because true wisdom is lessons learned from others. You can be smart and learn lessons yourself by experiencing things yourself, but true wisdom comes from being able to learn from other people's experiences and embody that without having to experience it yourself. Work on building your mental fortitude and focus on shifting your mind to see the positives and not the negatives. This one's super important. If you are unaware of what your thought processes are every day, if you resort to negative thoughts every day and you're unaware of it, you need to get aware because like a cancer, it can sit in there and until it's triggered, you won't really know it exists, (laughs) right? So I encourage you, maybe even do a thought audit. And what a thought audit is, is sit down for a week maybe and write down your thoughts throughout the day. And whenever you have a negative one, a positive one, just write it out and try not to judge the thought and then follow up with it at the end of the week. Do, uh, you know, analyze it by the end of the week and say, oh, wow, I didn't realize I had all these negative thoughts or I don't know, maybe you're on the other side and you're like, holy crap, I actually think very positively. Go me. So if that's the case then do that, good for you. But I needed to do a thought audit and really check myself because I associate as a positive person and I typically am but there was a lot of negative thoughts that were occurring in my mind unconsciously I was unaware choose a better life for you do this by reading books take care of your body find meaning in your day-to-day recognize we were given a consciousness for a reason to make these choices right to really fulfill what makes our hearts happy Think about reactive versus proactive, right? Animals do not have our level of consciousness or awareness. They act on instinct. So when they're hungry, they want to eat. They will eat. When they need to poop, they just poop, right? And if they're hungry, again, they will kill for it and not even think twice about it, not have any moral um, construct about it. They They won't think twice about it. They just do. 
But because we are human and we're conscious beings, we can actually choose to not act on our impulses and choose to be aware of our thoughts and make different choices in our thoughts. But you have to be aware of them. And then you really have to work on getting in control of them. Let go of the resentments. It really only ties you down. The resentments part is very hard for me. That one's still one that is very difficult. And I haven't exactly found a method to resolve that, but I'm working on it. But I think what you have to realize is you are the main character in your life. So naturally, the person you might hold resentment towards has to be their main character in their life. Now, this doesn't mean that they don't care about you. It just means that they're focused on their experiences because that's literally all they know. They can't possibly know or feel exactly what you know or feel. And so just like all you know is how you feel about it, that's how they feel. It'll help you come to more acceptance of how they see things rather than trying to force them to see life through your lens. And what that means is we really need to have more compassion of people's perspectives in life because their, their life experience, whatever they're going through is so different from yours. And we can't assume that your reality is their reality. We have a, a really distorted view of reality, each one of us, because it's never actually what it is. It's what we believe it to be. And it's based on what we believe it to be is based off of our programming, our past, our background, etc. I have a few more things and I promise I'm going to let you go. <laughs> you need to have a chief aim and work for it. No more sitting around, no more waiting for other people to come and take you to where you want to go. You got to reach for that shit yourself. Do it for you. Now, find people who can accompany you on this journey. But this is something you need to do for you. Find out your why. I know you've probably heard this a couple of times, but it's true. It's the reason why people are saying it so much. Find your why. You need to create it first in your mind to be able to create it, to recreate it in the physical manner. They say things are created twice, right? First in your mind and second in your actual physical world. You can't possibly create something if you've never even thought about it, right? So you have to create your future and then recreate it again in the actual world that you're experiencing. And lastly, give yourself some grace in the process and stop worrying about how it's all going to happen. Focus on your why and let God do his work. Because when we get stuck in the details, that's when we become a prisoner of our own minds. So allow yourself to do the things that feel good. Always do things that make you feel good, right? Maybe not always. <laughs> Let me scratch that because no, I'm not going to agree with you that you should be watching porn because it makes you feel good. That's a false sense of dopamine hit. That is not good for you. But <laughs> I can go on a tangent about that, but I won't. But trust your gut instinct and let God do the rest of the work. 
but don't sit there and wait on the sidelines for him to move for you because you still have to move towards him. Sometimes reverse psychology really works with this. Um, Ask yourself questions like, what happens if I don't do X, Y, and Z? What will your life look like? Will you actually be joyful if you don't do it? Because time will pass either way and you can choose to live it the way it's currently being lived or you can choose to go down a different path, one with intention and one that you choose or one that is chosen for you. So I, first of all, want to thank you for listening to my entire long story, my entire story of how I went from, you know, completely broke to not being able to pay the bills to this very opulent setting I'm in currently in six months. Yay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I wanted to say thank you for listening to this. And I really, really hope that by listening to this story, you feel encouraged to keep fucking going and to really, really pay attention to your thoughts and how you are operating on the day to day. Because when you make the choice to really, really change, your life will begin to transform. But you have to do the work. You cannot sit around and wait for life to happen for you. You have to go out and reach for it. Reach for it. It's worth it. It might not be easy at at first. It might be messy in between. But when you get to the other side, oh, it feels so good. And the amount of clarity your mind will have, the less amount of triggers too you'll have. It's just a great place to be. So I encourage you to ask yourself hard questions. I encourage you to get off your ass and work towards those dreams. And I hope that this story can inspire you to remember that everything's going to work out and just keep going. All right. I'm going to end this podcast now. I didn't want to speak for a full hour, but here we are. What can I do? (laughs) Um, Thank you again for listening and I will see you next week. And oh, if you guys want to jump on my lives, I am live every weekday at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. I go live on TikTok and Instagram at the moment. So if you want to join in on the book that I'm currently reading, it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We're focusing on habits this month. Please join in, chime in, be a part of the conversation. Um, I will be doing it for the foreseeable future. So I'll see you there or I'll see you next week on the Donna Gift Show. Thanks for listening. See you there. See you then. See you later. Bye. (laughs)